Hi, and thanks for listening to another audio podcast from Creekside Community Church, Narangba, Queensland. For more information and resources, please visit our website at www.creekside.org.au. Hi there, my name is Glenn Haste. Um, my wife and I, Belinda, have been fellowshipping here for about two and a half years. Um, we have four children. And um, just recently, I've been serving, helping learning the sound stuff up of the back, um, along with Dave Crump helping me, so he's been a great teacher. Our passage today, there's two passages. Um, the first one is from Mark. Keeps going. Mark chapter 2. Jolly phone. Mark chapter 2, 23 to 28. Okay. One Sabbath, one Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields. And as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? He answered, Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of of Abathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for the priest to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the son of man is Lord even of the Sabbath. The next passage is Matthew chapter 11, 28 to 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Thanks, Glenn. Appreciate that. Now, um, we're in this series, as Glenn mentioned before, called Rhythms of Renewal. And we're in the fourth part of our series uh, called Resting in His Presence. And if you I don't know about you, um, I've really enjoyed this series. Anyone else really enjoyed it? So the first week we spoke on prayer and how prayer, having a rhythm of prayer in our life is helpful to grow and increase our joy and our faith. And the second week we talked about hearing from God, hearing from from God in His Word. And then the third week was about being with His people. And, uh, And Michael brought us a message last week about how coming to be with his people in his church, how we can build, be built up in that. And I, and I really appreciated Mark's, uh, Michael's um, talk, not because he had a go at me, but, um, but I thought it was really helpful in just understanding that um, how we come together as a body, as a church, and actually refine each other and build each other up. But today, the topic is resting in his presence. So, sorry, go back. Resting in his presence. Now, I want to just set the scene here a little bit. Now, as you, as you would know, life is pretty crazy. Uh, my, I know my life is pretty crazy at the moment. It's complicated, it's messy, it's hard, it's busy. And um, we're inundated by the demands and responsibilities in all aspects of our life, right? Whether it be home, and um, whether it be church, kids, our job, um, house chores, um, families, friends, even our phones are crying out for our attention and requests from us. But um, we tend to just be committing ourselves and then overcommitting ourselves and just relentlessly, with this relentless desire, to want to get things done. And far too often it consumes, sorry, I think I'm hitting the button. 
it consumes um, our every waking moment, right? And I think if, um, if some of us were asked, if, we, if I did a quick survey amongst us today and asked what was the, what's the number one thing that's probably hindering us into have a healthy, balanced life? Sorry, I keep hitting the button. What is, what is it that's the, the, the most, the, the number one thing that's probably hindering us? And there's probably a lot of different things, but I wonder how many of us would say it's busyness, right? How many of us would say that the number one thing in our life that's holding back a life of, of healthy, balanced life is busyness? And um, you probably saw up on the screen, because I've flicked it up three times now, Corrie Ten Boom, which she's got an incredible story. She was, um, many of you might know her story. She was a survivor in the World War II concentration camps. And she wisely said this. She said, if the devil cannot make us bad, he will make us busy, right? And this is true. How often is it, and I'm so guilty of this, how often is it that we use that excuse of busyness to not do the things that are most important in our life? Like spending time with our family, our friends, or stopping and praying, stopping and reading God's word. No, I'm, I'm too busy. I'm too busy to do that. And often when you even ask people, how are you going? Oh, I'm busy. I'm busy. We always use this excuse of busyness to, to, um, to not do what's most important, to not stop and rest. Now, I'm not saying that there isn't a healthy kind of busyness. There is a healthy kind of busyness. And when our, where our lives and our times are occupied with things that do matter, right? And in that sense, Jesus himself was busy. He was busy doing some really important things. And the problem is not that we are, we're not spending our time pursuing good things, but is when, we have, when we have too much to do, way too much to do that it consumes our lives and that we end up finding our identity, our worth and our value in being busy. And um, another Christian thinker said this, Roland Rollhouse, I'll get his name right, he said this, he says, we are more busy than bad, similar to what Corrie Ten Boone was saying, more distracted than non-spiritual and more interested in the movie theatre, the sports stadium and the shopping mall and the fantasy life they produce in us than we are in church. Pathological busyness, distraction, and the, re- the restlessness and restlessness are major blocks today within our spiritual lives. Would you agree with this? I think this is true. And not only Christians are saying, identifying this as a problem, like we identify this as a problem in our own spiritual lives, but even in, in a physical sense. So um, a lot of medical professionals have known this for a long time, that a huge problem um, this busyness is a huge problem on our physical bodies. <clears throat> the American cardiologist, um, Maya Friedman, and this is the guy who connected the dots between chronic stress and heart disease in the 1950s, he coined this term hurry sickness. Has, has anyone ever heard of the term hurry sickness? Um, he defined hurry sickness as this. He said, a continuous struggle and unremitting attempt to accomplish or achieve more and more things or participate in more and more event, events in less and less time. Does that sound like your life? That sounds like my life sometimes. And um, it is so true. But I, I wanted to, um, I've, I've quoted quite a few people identifying this problem of busyness. And um, you're probably thinking, well, thanks, Tim. I didn't really come to church to feel even worse about the fact that my life is stressful, 
I'm on edge. I'm snappy at my other people around me, my kids, my wife, or my husband. I'm snappy at them. And I'm on this treadmill of life that I just can't seem to get off. Now, I didn't, I didn't want to come here. You don't want to come here this morning to feel worse about that. That's not the goal, right? It's not the goal at all. But I want us to consider this. <clears throat> I want us to consider this question. Is the over-busy, digital distraction, distracted life of speed... Sorry, digital distracted life is speed, one of the greatest threats to the life that Jesus promised. That life of abundance, of joy. But what is the solution? What's the solution to this? How do we fight this problem of busyness? And I'm convinced that the answer can be found in the life of Jesus and in the Word of God. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to look at this passage that we read. And in this passage, they mentioned the Sabbath... Now, what exactly is the Sabbath? And I, found, I find this subject of the Sabbath fascinating. Um, there's so much in the Bible about it. There's heaps of verses about the Sabbath and about rest and about how we find rest in God. So today I wanted to narrow it down to two things because we can't spend here all day talking about it as much as we'd love to. The kids are probably hanging out going, when is this finished? But there's three things, three important things about the Sabbath that I think is relevant to this problem, of fixing this problem of busyness and distraction, and hurry, a hurried life. And it's these three things that I want to look at today. So the Sabbath... <clears throat> sorry. The Sabbath is a blessing, not a burden. That's number one. The Sabbath is about rest and worship, and the Sabbath is a rhythm of rest in Jesus. So the first one here, the Sabbath is a blessing, not a burden. Now, we don't really talk much about the Sabbath at church, I grew up in church and I haven't heard much preached on the Sabbath or talked about the Sabbath, but I haven't really heard a good reason why not to either. Um, but many of you may, have grown, may not have grown up in church or you may not know the history of the Jewish people. Um, and so you may not really know much about the Sabbath. And the Sabbath is um, in what the, the Sabbath or Shabbat is what it said in, in Hebrew. It, is, um, it was a command given from God to the Israelite people. Um, to take the seventh day and to, keep, to be kept as a holy day of rest, as God rested in creation. So God, it was six days of creation, and on the seventh day, God rested. And many of you know the Ten Commandments. On the fourth one, it says this in Exodus um, chapter 20, verse 8 to 10, it says, Remember the Sabbath by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. Now, going like most religious people, um, these Pharisees in this story, in the time that Jesus was telling this story in Mark, many religious people at the time used to take the commands of God and they would turn it into more of a burden on the people rather than a blessing. And we see that in this passage in Mark chapter 2. But what we often forget, though, is that many religious people, by keeping the commands of God, it was actually out of a good intention, right? And we would all agree that obedience to God is a good thing. God's putting, putting laws, he gave the law, Israelites the laws for their good and their blessing, not for a burden. Um, but the Pharisees had a real zeal for the law of God, but they had built this fence around the laws of God. And it's a bit like um, 
when you go on a, a bush walk in a national park and you come to this amazing gorge, a huge, beautiful waterfall, beautiful gorge, and you're walking along with your family, but then someone in the government has come along and about 10, 20 metres from that edge of that cliff, they've built a fence. And you stand here and they're going, I want to get over there. So you get your kids, you hop over the fence, you climb over, you run over, you take your Instagram shots um, and, your, and your, um, your selfies right next to the edge of the cliff. No, of course you don't do that. I know Shane would probably do that, wouldn't you, mate? Um, but no, you don't do that. Of course you don't do that. But this is a bit like what the Pharisees were doing. The fences these religious leaders had built, these rules back from the commands of God, and it was and they they about what was like actually constituted as work, and they had these all these funny different rules and laws to to help people to stop people from getting close to disobeying it. And a bit like the government, they probably think we're a bit stupid because some some of us are, and that we will get too close to that edge and fall and hurt itself. And the reason I, wa- I raise this is because we know our hearts are broken. And like the Pharisees, these the, religious people, they, they are real people and they've got broken hearts too. And our broken hearts tend to drift towards self-reliance rather than reliant on God's wisdom and what he says is good for our lives. And therefore, things like practicing the Sabbath almost always take this legalistic bent. And listen closely, this is really important. I think it's what we need to grasp. There is no action that is legalistic in itself. There is only a heart that that has a tendency to become self-reliant and a heart that makes the act itself something that can save us rather than an opportunity from God to enjoy his blessings in our life. Or said another way, is this legalism is taking that good blessing of God, it's designed for our lives, and using it to exalt others and judge others. That is legalism. And the difference between being a religious person and being a follower of Jesus is this. So the religious person will say, I will obey the law, and I'll, I will obey, and I'll be a good person, and therefore I should, and I deserve the blessing. But a true follower of Jesus says, I have received this gift that God has given us, his laws, his rules are a good gift of blessing to us and it is not a burden on me to have to keep it, but I want to. I want to continue to walk in the path of his blessing by listening to his good guidance to my life. So this passage um, that we're reading today, the Pharisees are having a real crack at at Jesus' friends here. And he says, and and the Pharisees say to them, says, look, why... Ah, so we're picking up on verse 24. Why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? And Jesus answered, have you not read? And I love the sarcasm here. Jesus is talking to guys who have read the Bible probably numerous, numerous times. They almost be able to recite the Bible. Have you not read? Um, they're, they're Bible experts, and he just completely shuts them down. He says, "What David?" He says, "Have you not read what David did when, when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abathah the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for the priest to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. And then he said, "The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath." 
So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Now, I think in the, we have to remember here the context in which Jesus is, who they're talking to. And Jesus is talking to these religious readings. He's giving them a real beating, right? Not physically hitting them with a stick, but a real verbal beating. Um, because of their legalistic, guilt-driven heart, and this totally missed the Father's heart around this command to stop and to slow down, stop work, slow down, and rest for a day. But to be, I think the problem um, for us today in our culture, and maybe even here for many of us and here at Creekside, is more the opposite. Um, as much as we need to be aware of our own hearts, that we can turn God's good gift into a legalistic rule, let us, not make, sh- let us make sure that we, don't, that we don't let that hinder us from actually listening to God and obeying Him. Now, I've got a book recommendation here. I know a, ma- a friend of mine recommended it about a year ago, and Simon's read it as well, and he loves it. He's been handing it around. It's called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. I'd recommend you, if you can, get a hold of that, get a hold of that and have a read. But in that book, the author, he makes this point that the first century Jews didn't need to hear the second half of that statement, that man was not made for the Sabbath, but, but rather, like, that was what they needed to hear because they were a very religious culture. But if you fast forward to today's culture, and even possibly in our church, we don't, we're not legalistic about the Sabbath, Right? Most of us probably wouldn't practice it. We might have a day off a week. We, may, we come to church occasionally. But most of us may not even be aware too much of what the Sabbath is. For us, we really need to hear the, second, the, the first half of that statement, that Sabbath was made for us. It was for us. The Sabbath is for our benefit. It was created and designed by God and for us as a gift to enjoy and it is a good gift, and we want to take rest from this crazy busyness of life and, and listen to what God has. So that was my first point there, is that the Sabbath is a blessing, not a burden. So the second thing here I want to look at is this, that the Sabbath is about rest and about worship. And I think it's important to, to note this, that... Um, when we are thinking about this idea of the Sabbath, that it is not only just about resting, but it's about worshipping God. The rhythm of resting in His presence is about worshipping Him. Now, if we go back to that passage in um, Exodus where it talks about, it was the, the fourth commandment. It says, Remember the Sabbath by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labour and do all your work, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord. Now, notice this key line here. It says, a Sabbath to the Lord. Now, other translations have translated that as set apart for the Lord or even dedicated to the Lord. So the Sabbath isn't just this day of rest, but it's a day for worship. It is not just a day off from work, but it is also it's this, it's this time that we can remember God and His goodness by worshipping Him. And I don't I don't just mean worshipping as in singing songs of worship in church, though that is definitely worship. But this is worship more about reorientating our lives towards God and remembering what He has done and honouring Him for that. Now, many of you may know the guy called 
Eugene Peterson, he was a Christian theologian and an author, and he wrote the, the message, which is a paraphrase of the Bible. And he wrote a fair bit on the Sabbath, um, some interesting things. And in, in an article for Christianity Today, he wrote in 1994 this article titled, The Good for Nothing Sabbath. Now, where he talked about how our, culture, our culture's version of the Sabbath, which is the weekend, um, and calling it a good for nothing Sabbath, which I think, man, Eugene, it's a little bit harsh, isn't it? Like, especially for us Aussies, we love the Sabbath. We love the weekend. We think um, we live for the weekend, you know. I think it's, what are we being coined, the land of the long weekend. Um, so what, I think what um, Eugene Peterson is actually getting here is that our weekend has missed the point of the Sabbath. And if you know a little bit about how the weekend actually came about, um, is back in the Industrial Revolution where the, they had a lot of Christian workers and Jewish workers. The Jewish workers wanted a Saturday off. All the Christians wanted the Sunday off. So that, that ended up forming the five-day week and the weekend. Um, but now we've secularized that a little bit, and it's just a day, um, just a week, a weekend off. And what Eugene Peterson says in this article, he says this. He says, a widespread misunderstanding of Sabbath trivializes it by, desi- by designating it a day off. He continues, if you don't take a Sabbath, you're doing too much, you're being too much in charge, you've got to quit one day a week and just watch what God is doing when you're not doing anything. And I think um, the point that he was making in this article is that as much as a day off on the weekend is good for us from our job to rest our bodies, we're missing the most important aspect of what the Sabbath is about. And it's about God. It's about stopping, watching what He is doing in our lives, looking at the blessings that He's given us. It's about resting in Him and about worshipping Him. And I think he's getting to something here when he says to quit, to stop. Now, he doesn't mean quit your job. He means stop and have a rest. And that word Sabbath, as we mentioned before, in Hebrew is Shabbat. It actually is translated literally means to stop. Stop working. Stop thinking about work. Stop, th- stop worrying. Just stop. And how hard is that for us who uh, people who just want to have control? We're so wanting to control our lives. Who can relate to this? It's hard for us to stop when we want control. And this is an exercise of faith, right? It's a real exercise of faith, an act of worshipping God. This is a tangible way of surrendering our lives to God and it's saying, God, I trust you. And your world, my, my world won't fall apart, right, if I just stop for one day. Sabbath is about trust. Sabbath is about turning over to God all the, all the things in our life that we're otherwise tempted just to hold on, hold on to in our hands, in a closed fist and not want to let it go. It's about releasing this illusion that we, do actually, that we have control of our life, this illusion, and let God be God and let Him actually run the universe. And um, I guarantee He's probably going to do a better job than we are, Right? He's going to do a better job than us. So this act of a regular rhythm of rest is an act of trust in God, which is a form of worship. But before we um, finish up today, too, I want to get on to the third point, but we want to be practical, right? Like this is a practical series. 
We want a series of rhythms in our life to help renew our faith and our joy in God. So the last thing I really want to look at here is this rest, the Sabbath rest is about resting, a rhythm of rest in Jesus. Now we've talked a bit about, I've talked a little bit about what Sabbath is and what it's not and why it's important for our, for our bodies and for our spiritual lives, but how do we practice it? How do we actually practice it? Should we, and some people might say, yes, should we go back to the, the old, the, uh, probably not whenever, whenever I was, I don't think I was around at this time, but at the point where Sunday was actually illegal to, to go to work, to shop, to play footy, to do anything other than resting, there was a point that that was actually illegal to do. Do we as Christians even say, no, we have to have a day, a day where we rest and we chill and we don't do anything and we just think about God and rest in Him? Maybe, maybe that is, but maybe not necessarily. And I think that's what the beauty of, and the, beauty of the freedom that we have in following Jesus is there is no strict rule on this, but also that we want to practice that principle of resting in Him. And when Jesus was teaching about Himself and the Old Testament law, the Old Testament, He said this, He said, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law, or abolish the Old Testament, or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. And like all the other rules and the laws found in, that, in the first half of the Bible, and, and like this, this commandment of keeping the Sabbath, Jesus has fulfilled that. And I think this is the last and the most important point that I would like to really make today is this, is that Jesus is our Sabbath rest, right? It's not confined to a day. It is an ever-present reality. And so this instituted Sabbath day in the Judaic law set aside to rest in, his present, in the presence of God and reorientate our lives and our hearts around the grace and mercy of God for one day, that instituted law is now actually found in Jesus and is always available anytime, anywhere. Such a beauty. But let's be real, right? This sounds lovely. It all sounds very good, but the chaos of our life is not slowing down. Kenny and I keep thinking, oh no, we'll get through this season. We'll be right. But it seems like season after season, it just, it doesn't seem to stop. And I think sometimes we can really relate with this. We think we're just going to get through this season or complete this project and, oh, we can breathe, right? But then the next season comes along. And it's like a wave after wave, a wave of the chaos and busyness and craziness. But here's the good news. Here's the good news. Jesus is our Sabbath rest in the midst of chaos of life. And we have the opportunity to rest in his presence anytime we choose. What an amazing, amazing privilege that is. And this just brings us to that other verse that Glenn read, one of my favorite verses. It's Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come to me, he says. It's an invitation to come to Jesus. And what does he give? He gives as a free gift 
I give you rest, and you will find rest for your souls. Not, this is a much deeper rest than just physical rest on the weekend. Jesus offers us rest that goes far beyond that, but it gives us a deep sense of peace and rest for our souls. So as we finish up this morning, I want to be really practical. Now, I love that analogy that Linda used a couple of weeks ago and when she was talking about a rhythm of reading the Bible. She used the example of an ECG. So today I want to look at the wave, the, the sound wave, so the rhythm, the sound wave, the rhythm of rest. It's like the sound wave. And what I'm going to mention here, I want to put a little disclaimer is, in, is that although we can try and put these rhythms in our life, be aware that it's going to be inconsistent and messy. It's going to be inconsistent and messy. And I know for my, if I was to ever write a book, not that anyone would want to read a book about my life, but I would title it Inconsistent and Messy, the Christian life, right? Inconsistent and Messy. And I don't do this well. I just want to make that clear right here and right now. But I think it's good for us to be, tr- to be trying together. Let's together try to be more consistent around this rhythm of rest. Because as I mentioned before, it is a good gift of, from God and it is for us as a blessing. So when we're looking at the broad spectrum of our lives as a sound wave, we can look at it in three sections. So we've got the smaller waves there. It's like daily rhythms or daily rest. The, bigger, the slightly medium-sized waves are like weekly rest. And the bigger ones are yearly rests. So start with the daily ones. I just want to practically put out some things here. And often, many of you would be doing this, but sometimes this seems like common sense, but our, co- our busyness of lives just get in the way of these things. So morning or evening quiet times, just spending some time, whether, it be in the, whether you're a morning person or a, or a night person, set aside some time just to get into the Word of God, be in the presence of God, reading His Word, hearing from Him, praying with Him, but just being still and knowing that he is God. And the, um, the, other, the other things there is stop, stop throughout the day. I've got a, a really good book that I'd recommend. It's called um, Daily Office. And it has two section, two little devotions, morning and afternoon. It only takes about five minutes. And it's just a good opportunity to just stop in the morning, stop in the afternoon for five minutes, reorientate your day around Jesus and then the third thing is just pray throughout the day. I know this is sometimes hard and we think, oh, busy, 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 but we've always got a minute here, a minute there between this meeting or this task that we can just stop and just pray to Jesus and say, God, help me through this. So it's just that rhythm of resting in Him and knowing He's there during our daily, um, day, finding daily rest. And this next one is weekly rest. So as the, as the rhythm gets a bit bigger, this is a weekly rest. And this is what we were talking about before. This, maybe it is mean like a day of Sabbath for you. It could be just church for you or Sunday. This is often a time where we can come and worship. But, it, but dedicate that day to just putting away your phone, putting away the emails, putting away the different things that you have going on and just rest in Him. And then the last one there, which we all love, yearly rest, holiday, extended holiday. Um, We all love to have this extended time of rest. Um, Little fun fact, you probably know holiday comes from holy day. So um, it's really important. And and sometimes this just seems common sense. Like, yeah, of course I'm going to take a holiday every year. But I often 
you, you find, oh, we, Kenny and I sometimes, we might go a year and go, we haven't planned a holiday. Or I've often talked to people and they said, I haven't had a holiday in years. And I think this is really important to find that bigger chunk throughout the year where we can find rest in Jesus. So just to wrap up, I want to just really make this really clear point and remember that it's so easy that this can become inconsistent and messy, right? And I put that up there because I think just to finish off, I'm going to make this point that if we fail this, or should I say when we fail, when we fail, because we do, we, we, it's inconsistent and messy, our standing before God is not dependent upon our effort, and that's something that the religious people of Jesus' day and the Pharisees got completely wrong. That the, the, our standing before God is not dependent on our effort. We are already clothed with the righteousness of, God, of Jesus. And our salvation is not what we miss out of if we don't do this. We don't miss out on salvation. But we do miss out on the blessing that God wants for our life the rest that he wants to give us. So it's not his affection that is affected here. It's our awareness of that affection. But if we are going to take time, daily rest, weekly rest, yearly rest, we will then become more and more aware of God's affection and his blessing for us. And this is an invitation of Jesus. He says, come to me, all who are weary. So really quickly, to wrap up before we pray, Sabbath rest is this. It's a blessing. It's not a burden. It's about rest as well as worship. It's centered around God and what he has done. And it is a rhythm of rest in Jesus. Let's just pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for your grace and your mercy that it is new every morning. God, we thank you that... um, Even though our lives are messy, they're busy, they're hectic, and they're inconsistent, God, but we know that you love us all the same, Lord. And we pray, as we're just reflecting on this idea of Sabbath rest, of resting in your presence, that we will just recognize and remember that that is a blessing for us. It is a a gift that you want to give your people because of your love and uh, for us. So we pray today, as we go out this week, in the weeks to come, that we would just really be intentional about finding rest in you daily, weekly, and annually, Lord, that we may just receive the blessing that you want to give through resting. Lord, thank you so much in your precious name. Amen.